0: You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. christian babcock the host of the hunters advantage podcast and what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts all in all i just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust stay tuned so this week on the podcast, I'm joined by Christian Williams. He is the owner of Archery Strong. Christian, why don't you just give the listener just a little context into who you are and what you do over there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. i glad to be here. Happy to talk and looking forward to conversation. My name is Christian Williams. Uh, like Christian said, I'm the owner of Archery Strong. And we essentially apply a sports injury and sports performance approach to archery in the sense that we believe behind the bow, uh, obviously is the person and, and just like the bow, the person is a machine. And there's so many moving parts and so many different things that can either be maximized or that can fall short. So with that, we apply the idea of training specifically for archery, making sure that you're prepared for, handling volume of arrows to make sure that you can avoid pain from uh, all all the uh, accumulation of arrows, reduce the risk of injury, essentially trying to get the most out of the archer, the most out of the person that's behind the bow. So this has been a kind of culmination of my background as far as a degree in exercise science, multiple, multiple years working in strength and conditioning. The, the primary experience that I have applied to this um, has come from being a movement specialist for four to five years in a sports injury office. So all these things I've picked up from my education and from uh, my, my career experiences has taken me to apply to archery, um, I'm really my favorite thing in the world, and more, more specifically archery hunting. So.
0: Yeah, so you were a bow hunter before you did all this stuff, going through college, learning about exercise science, movement, um, all that stuff.
1: Yes, correct. And and that's actually how I really came up with the idea. I'll keep this story short because I, I love to drag this story on. But the story goes that I have a dear friend, dear farmer friend, who actually was just hunting on his farm tonight. Uh, but dear farmer friend, he's 82 years old. And uh, a couple summers back, he lost his brother um, to a freak farm accident and and killed his brother. And I had helped this farmer bale hay and do some different things on the farm, but I wanted to really do something different. And um, he, for a long time, had talked about all the issues he was having with groundhogs. So I made it my goal that I wanted to kill 100 groundhogs with a bow in one summer for him. Wow. And uh, in the process of doing that, you know, I'm shooting a lot, I'm practicing a lot. And I just started to think, you know, to, to to shoot as much as I was, and I was shooting, you know, 50, 100 arrows a day, and sometimes even upwards of that, to shoot as much as I was, I was starting to think all other sports apply some sort of sport specific training to make sure you can handle the sport to make sure you can perform at your best to make sure you can reduce injury, all these different things. So I started to mess around, I started to play with some of the the corrective exercises or the the movements that I was familiar with from my work experience and started to apply them to archery and really saw some, some cool benefits just as far as feeling better with my shooting, um, getting more accurate, not being sore, not having any issues um, when I was in my sessions or shooting sessions or when I was hunting. So uh, that, that was kind of the start of it. And I just ran from it with there. And the goal has always been to help hunters avoid pain prevent injury and and shoot as accurately as possible
0: so what are the what are the different programs look like and what are the what are the price points on those
1: sure so we have or our approach is essentially like a a two-headed approach on one side of the approach we have a focus on shoulder function. And that focus is really aimed at relieving shoulder pain and preventing injury. So that's one program we have. Again, that falls into the shoulder function category where we're improving the movement patterns of the shoulders, improving the mechanics, the stability, the mobility, all of the the components that that shoulder needs to function at its greatest optimal level. So that's the archery pain relief and injury prevention program that we have, that is a one month long program and it is $40. And our our other side of our approach is what we call the performance archer program. And that also is concerned with shoulder function, but it's a little bit more geared towards um, the, the larger musculature as far as the mechanisms that help you hold a bow steady the mechanisms that allow you to draw smoothly, draw more weight, hold steady and draw weight over the accumulation of arrows. So being able to handle a higher arrow volume, you know, you'll hear guys talk about once I get to 30 arrows, um, you know, I fatigue and my shot goes to crap. So this mm-hmm. is a way to improve the musculature so that it can handle the, the volume you're throwing at it. So that's the performance side. We call it the performance archer. And that's also a one month program. That's $40 as well.
0: Okay. So these are programs that are mainly focused on improving your accuracy, like you said, but they're focusing just on maybe your shoulders, your back, your posture, your forms. These aren't like actual workout programs that someone's going to, I mean, maybe they are for your shoulders and back, right? But this is not like a full body, like workout program for archers.
1: Good question. Um, and yes, you're correct. It is not by any means a, full body workout meant to replace you know your your running and all the weightlifting you're doing this is very specific uh very archery specific work that is focused on the shoulders the back basically the entire shoulder girdle as we like to say that's that's where you get the horsepower. Or the, or those are your prime engines. That's what allows you to shoot is your shoulders um, and, and your arms too. So the focus is just the entire um, shoulder girdle, upper extremity with the focus, yes, being on the shoulders and no. So it's, it's really detailed and really tailored towards everything that, that is needed to shoot optimally.
0: Yeah. So what do you think, or what are the most common reasons that someone who's doing archery is going to start to experience shoulder pain? That's, and I'm, I don't want to take into account anyone with prior issues. So just sure. someone that these issues come up as a result of hunting. What, what, why is that?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So yeah, if we're discounting prior issues or prior injuries, what happens in archery is that shooting one arrow from your bow is, is not detrimental. It's not all that challenging. Where archery is really unique is that we're all shooting a number of arrows. Okay, so we're accumulating arrows. And every time we shoot an arrow and we're accumulating those arrows, we're asking a lot of the shoulders. If the shoulders aren't functioning the way that they need to be functioning, every time you shoot that arrow is kind of like a little bit of a pinprick. So you shoot an arrow and you get a pinprick. One pinprick, not a big deal. Two, not a big deal. Three, not a big deal. But you start to get to 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, whatever it might be, you start to accumulate what we call repetitive irritation to the tissue. And again, that's all a result of dysfunctional shoulder patterns. And that's a very broad term, and I I use that term because there is so much that can go on in the shoulder um, that there's a lot of different avenues that can lead an archer to pain. Um, Some of the things that that can cause someone, or some of the most common dysfunctions in the shoulder, I would say number one is very poor shoulder blade stability and mechanics. And that means that The shoulder blade is basically the foundation for the arm without the shoulder blade your arm would be useless it would really truly fall off your body your arm is completely connected to your body because of your shoulder blade so as you can imagine the foundation just like the foundation of a heart uh, of a house or um, the frame of a car that foundation is really important in the sense that it needs to be solid but it also needs to be able to to move and have correct movement patterns. So that shoulder blade is doing a lot of different things while you're shooting, but it's also holding very strong and it's supporting all the demand that you're putting on it when you shoot. So that's probably number one. Number two is just uh, deconditioning of the rotator cuff in the sense that it is not strong enough, and it's not prepared to handle all the shooting that we ask it to do, or the, the heavy poundages and the accumulation of the heavy poundage draws and shots. Um, so I would say those two things are, are really big, and that's something that we put a big priority on.
0: So how big of an issue I was, I scope out your page, and I like to look at all the cool stuff that you make, so yeah, yeah that's cool, but on the protraction and the retraction of the shoulder blade on the, mm-hmm. front, on the front end, how big how many injuries are come to a result, come as a result of something, of someone not doing that the right way? Do you see a lot of the, or let, let me ask this to clarify. Do you yeah. see a lot of injuries on the front shoulder from someone or the back shoulder where they were drawing with? Yeah, it's a
1: great, great question because when I first started this, I was certain that I would see a, the, the vast majority be with draw arms, but it really, truly is about 50 50. It's really, truly equal. Um, And that's surprising to me. And it's surprising to most because when you look at the draw arm, you can visibly see the range of motion. It's going through the demand to draw your bow. It's going through. There's a lot of different things going on there. What happens with the front, the front um, shoulder, the shoulder that's holding your bow is that you can picture a ball in a socket and to hold that bow that ball is getting jammed in the socket. Now it can turn and it can twist. And when that happens, it can get into some vulnerable positions. So we have the ball and we have the socket that can um, get to a place where it's going to cause issues. And then back to the idea of the shoulder blade, that shoulder blade is the foundation and it is the only thing that is holding that arm, which in turn is holding the bow. So everything is being, all the demand is getting put on that shoulder blade on that front arm. So that's where it's really important to make sure that you're positioning that shoulder blade correctly. Like you had said, protraction, retraction, you can have elevation, depression, you can have some different rotation. So just picture a foundation moving in all sorts of directions. Some of those directions are, are going to lead to, to strong position and to a strong hold. Others are going to start to cause some real issues just based off of the function that, and that's way beyond this conversation. But um, the sense that there is the foundation, there is where that shoulder meets the foundation in a ball and socket, and those things need to work together and they need to hold in a way that is going to support a lot of quality shots. And most of the time, or a lot of the times with pain, it, it, it that falls apart um, and, and leads to pain and leads to issues. So the, the goal is to correct Both of those things correct the rotator cuff's ability to hold that shoulder in the joint, correct the shoulder blade's ability to hold in the proper position, and teach the archer how to get to those places and and how to feel those things as well.
0: What about on the back shoulder? Because I see a lot of people that are maybe drawing with a really low elbow, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kind of... And you see it a lot with people that are either beginners or they're they're, fr- they're letting their friend draw their bow, and it's just yeah. a natural, like a, a row, like a really low row that people yeah. want to do instead of drawing with a high elbow. And what kind of injuries does that cause?
1: So that's a really, really interesting topic, and that's one that I've really tried to shed a lot of light on because as as one can imagine, it makes sense when I say this, but everyone everyone's skeleton truly is similar, but has slight variation. So like my hips are different than your hips and your shoulders are a little bit different than my shoulders. They're all pretty similar, but they have slight variations. Mm -hmm. So there's a really large component of certain draw styles work for certain people. For instance, for me, if I get too high I get a a really serious impingement problem on the front side of my shoulder. I can draw draw low all day with that low row and not have any issues there. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, sometimes people do better with a little bit of a higher elbow and can't draw in a lower place. So it's very, very individualized. And the issue that I've seen in archery is that every people or archery coaches want to pigeonhole every archer into one type of one draw style and there's a lot of research out there that talks about the extensive variations in the shoulder that make one draw style work for somebody and another uh, draw style doesn't work for them. Um, So I don't like to say one draw style is better than the other Um, but I think two things are most important. Find what works for you And even more so than that, make sure your shoulder is prepared, conditioned, and functioning correctly so that it can handle a variety of positions.
0: Yeah. So in your program, you, one of the key selling points for it is is accuracy. You're going to improve your accuracy by improving your form, your functional strength, all those things. Sure. So is it is it stability? I know you talk about shoulders a lot. Is it stability in the front and back shoulder that's going to help improve your accuracy? Or if someone was here just asking you that today, how are you going to get me more accurate by following your program? Sure. What would you say?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that question. So the way that I would answer that is accuracy is – the ability to resist movement. And what I mean by that is you know if someone puts their thumb out in front of them and they they pick a spot on the wall and they hold their thumb right there and think about that as the the pin on their bow. The less that that's moving or the the less movement that's occurring in that system the more accurate I'm going to be because I'm essentially reducing pin float. There's always going to be pin float but I want to reduce it and I want to be able to control it. So Accuracy comes down to what's called fine motor control, and that fine motor control comes through the nervous system and comes through the muscles, and it's the ability to make micro-corrections when you're trying to do a really intricate thing or intricate movement. So, uh, you know, another good example would be like like painting or um, writing cursive or even um, even throwing a ball in some sense, things that require high levels of detail are largely based on fine motor control. So the way that we improve that for for accuracy is by training the musculature to be able to be more stable, like you had said, but to be able to control your movement as much as possible. Which allows you to resist movement as much as possible. So if you play, if you put someone on the other end of the spectrum, and you you have an archer that's that's sh- you know, shaky, wobbly, they can't, they, their their pin floats a whole lot. Which, by the way, can be multiple factors. But if their their pin floats a whole lot, if we can train that musculature to be able to control that movement by and resist that movement then we're keeping that pin in a, in a smaller place and we're able to keep it there longer and we're able to keep it there longer over more shots. And that's a really big key too because most people can hold their pin really steady for you know a shot or five shots or 10 shots. But remember in archery, we're accumulating a lot of shots and that's where people start to deteriorate. So I would say even more than the improvement in accuracy coming from just like one shot. The improvement in accuracy comes over the course of a lot of shots and comes towards or let's say uh, raises your threshold or raises the capacity at which you can be accurate over more shots. So you have someone who's typically maybe they start to see fatigue affect their accuracy around 30 arrows. If we train that musculature, get it more conditioned, we can we can boost that threshold and we can start to see accuracy span out to 40 arrows, 50 arrows, 60 arrows. So not only is that a benefit for that individual session, but if you're being more accurate and you're able to shoot more errors and you're able to practice more, I think that paints a pretty clear picture as, as how, as, as why that would help you and benefit you over the course of a long period of time or your, your long journey to be more
0: accurate. Yeah, I think a a misconception that I had um, really up until a couple years ago was that a lot of that movement in my front shoulder was, or how much of that do you think could be fixed with the right stabilization, right? So like um, some people shoot a 10-inch stabilizer off the front with a lot of weight. Some people shoot a 10-inch with a back bar. Some people shoot a side bar, right? And so it's, it's all about how much the bow weighs, how much pressure you put on the back end, all those things. Sure. But how much of, of that percentage of, you know, pin float or movement could be attributed to, like, weak shoulder stability and then the other attributed to, like, maybe you don't have the right bow or stabilizer sure. for Sure.
1: Absolutely. So there's definitely multiple components. I'll never never try to convince somebody that, you know, it's even, you know, half would be – I would be – I would be comfortable in probably saying half, but mm-hmm. any more than that, there are so many factors that affect this. Um, like you said, proper stabilization and balance in your bow is huge. Um, the mental side of things as far as your, your pin float and, and you moving around on a target could, can be completely just a mental issue and an aiming issue and not even a physical issue. Um, so I'd say those are two of the big ones aside from from the physical component but i would i would be confident in saying you know half in in a lot of archers but it's really going to be an individualized um you know for me it's it's way lower than that because i've done a lot of this work i know that i've taken care of a lot of the physical side but i continually play with the balance of my bow and i'm continually playing with my shot process in the mental side of things like that so yeah there's I. It's definitely important that, that I make it known that there are, there are multiple factors, just like you said there, that, that affect this. So what we're trying to do is with Archer Strong is we're trying to attack the one that a lot of people are either unaware of or they don't know how to fix. So we're, we're spearheading that, and we're, we're leaving the other stuff up to the, the experts in that field.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. That's a great approach. I, I like that you're not trying to tell everyone, well, I can fix no. everything, and all your issues no. are your shoulder or this Absolutely and that. Absolutely not. Maybe, yeah, I felt like that would get smelt out pretty quickly, but anyways, I know you're not doing that because, like, I, in the past, I've I've messed with bows and I took my stabilizer off, and I'm like, all right, it's just a stupid stabilizer, and then I realized at 20 yards, I'm like, I'm just not very, like, I do not have good shoulder stabilization. Like, my shoulders are not stable. Like, I can't hold this pin on this target. It's not the stabilizer. It's nothing like right. that. And I'm like, it's frustrating because then it's like, and then I feel like a lot of people don't know what direction to go from there. And right. so without giving away, I don't want to give, any way, give away your <laughs> secrets for free, but maybe at a high level, what kind of things can people start doing um, to maybe start increasing better stabilization of their shoulders, better draw cycling, you know, just getting stronger? What, what kind of exercises, what stuff would you recommend?
1: Yeah, so um, I would say that the the starting place is going to be in stabilizing the shoulder blades. That's going to be a really, really big one. So stabilizing the shoulder blades in in all ranges of motion and in particular the ranges of motion that are applicable to archery, which is going to be the protraction and the retraction. So that's going to be a a really big starting place and that's going to be really important. next if we break this in half between draw arm and bow arm the draw arm needs to have the largest pulling the largest pulling musculature trained and conditioned and able to shoot and hold against that back wall and and pull into back tension so that's going to be a lot of quality row variations in the presence of good shoulder blade retraction and good shoulder blade mechanics. So a lot of good pulling work there in a variety of different variations. The front arm is, that's the, that's the moneymaker. That's the really important one. That, that front shoulder, that bow arm, that's the one that's primarily responsible for your accuracy. We like to approach that with a lot of work focused on controlled movement. Holds is a big one for us. Where we try to prioritize ways that you force that shoulder to resist movement, control movement like I said, and make sure that you're you're not just doing um, regular reps where they're they're fast and they're not controlled because remember this is this is all about your ability to make those fine muscular corrections. So our exercises are really specific to that. And I'm trying, again, not to give too much too much away. Um, yeah. But, the, the yeah, the, the main points there are going to be, it's about control, it's about resisting movement, and it's about exercises that are going to allow you to hold position and make those fine muscular corrections that you would need when you're aiming.
0: So how do you think... Um maybe either your program or in your experience, how does it help with maybe someone that wants to shoot a back tension release? Cause I know there's a lot of, um, either misconceptions, like pulling through the shot. What does it actually mean? And what does a back tension release actually mean? Like how can, how does having like a proper form in your back shoulder help you with something like that?
1: Yeah. So that back shoulder is the, should be the primary mover. And let me be more specific that back shoulder blade and the lat musculature is primarily responsible for not only holding onto that arm in full draw, but it's anchoring that arm and it's pulling that arm. So when you're holding and you're pulling against that back wall, that shoulder blade, uh, the, the QE like to say, that shoulder blade should be going down into the other back pocket. So if you think about it as as like a chain, the program, since it focuses so much on the shoulder blades and specifically shoulder blade retraction, if you think about it like a chain, we're, we're stabilizing and we're anchoring the start of the chain so that we can get good tension up into that elbow, up through the arm, up into the release and pulling in a straight line against that bow. So essentially it's like we need to sh- to strengthen, anchor, and stabilize the start of that chain so that it's pulling and it allows the shoulder to pull in a comprehensive comprehensive manner. And it's kind of pulling all in one piece, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so you you try to visualize it as putting your back shoulder, your other shoulder blade in your back pocket. So it should be kind of down and back instead of like, pulling them together, like your shoulder blades together, which I've heard it put both ways, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it may be different for every person on how they, yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's definitely, you know, as you know, like talking about a topic like this, there's kind of a, uh, like we can talk about this in like a tangible sense, like what's actually happening with the mechanics. And then we're talking about it in like a, Uh, like a mental sense almost like if you give someone a coaching cue or give them a tip like sometimes it can be just something they're more so thinking about doing and and not actually changing the mechanics um and the reason why i say that is because i think a lot of times that that cue of squeezing both shoulder blades together is in an effort to get that person to squeeze the draw shoulder blade together Um, you do not Want to be squeezing the front shoulder blade together. So, like when I'm at full draw, like if I squeeze both shoulder blades together, that bow is going to come back towards me. It right. might only be a few inches, but like if I squeeze both shoulder blades together, I'm pulling, actually literally pulling that whole bow towards me. Yeah. You do not want to retract your front shoulder blade. So, like that's a dicey cue. Now, it may work for some people. So like what I was saying earlier is like, if that's just a cue or a thought that someone's doing and it gets them to squeeze that shoulder blade and it doesn't change their front arm, then then yeah, that can be successful. But um, I just put a post a, couple, a post out a couple days about it that you do not want to be fully reaching or protracted and you do not want to be fully retracted when you're at full draw. You should be finding a middle ground because that's, uh, that's what's gonna serve as a solid platform you to pull against so it's almost like you're thinking about the front arm and the front shoulder and that front shoulder blade is immovable it's the brick wall and that back shoulder is what's pulling off of that immovable object mm-hmm. because to create force to create force and to create tension you need you typically need some sort of immovable object or s- some object that it's opposing the force that you're creating
0: Right, so you're pushing and pulling at the same time, basically,
1: yeah, yeah, essentially that was, yeah, that yeah. was a very fancy way of yeah of saying, that, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, so
0: are you just when you're thinking about it when I'm just interested how you think about it in terms of movement, like are you just pulling your back elbow to a voice behind you to to a wall behind you, or and does that naturally kind of put tension on the lat and your shoulder blade, or is it like you intentionally kind of squeeze your lat or or how do you think about it when you're doing it?
1: Yeah. So I, I like to focus on the lat and the shoulder blade. Cause like I said, if I find, if I find, if I start at the the beginning of the chain and I pull on the beginning of that chain or the, the, the end of that chain being the shoulder blade and the lat, then the rest of that, that elbow and the arm and everything can pull through with it as well. So again, it's, it's really individualized. There's a lot of things that work, um, for different people, but, I find too much cueing of the elbow can leave out the shoulder blade and can leave out the lat. So in, in a lot of sense, yeah, I like to focus on the lat and the shoulder blade, squeezing that, retracting that and allowing the elbow and the arm to follow as I'm pulling against that back wall.
0: Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing maybe any in, in, and for time's sake, it might not work, but have you ever thought about doing or teaching in-person lessons of like proper archery form in terms of like keeping your shoulders and your body healthy
1: yeah 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 i haven't actually do um okay yeah i work with with a local bow shop here in um, western pennsylvania called bucks and bows archery so i I've, see the I've, shirt <laughs> yeah i'm actually wearing a shirt right now um But yeah, I I work work out of their shop. Um, They have a nice range and a nice shop there. They do a nice job, and I'll I'll meet clients over there. Ninety eight percent of the work I do with people is online, just because it allows me to work with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, We work with people from all over the world. From I think last week we had a couple. We had a client from South Africa, one from Norway, one from Canada. So that's awesome. Yeah, it just it just allows us to reach more people, which is what this is all about. But um, for those that are local, yeah, I I do do some in-person stuff um, focused on sometimes it's relieving shoulder pain. Sometimes it's on better position as far as shoulder blades and mechanics and and shoulders and how everything looks there Um, can be a variety of things. Yeah, Yeah. Where
0: are you located at?
1: Uh, I am about 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, yep. That's and, so funny. There's a lot of PA folks that, that hunt. I had no idea.
1: PA is... Well, what's interesting is PA is has the highest... Last I checked, the highest density of um, hunters in the country. Really? And believe it or not, right? pretty much right where I live, um, southwest Pennsylvania... Has the highest density of bow hunters in the entire country. Just this little corner down in southwest Pennsylvania, where I live, where Bucks and Bows Archery is, um, highest density in the country. Mm. I think it's something like, like eight eight archery hunters per square mile or something. It's That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Ohio, New York, and Michi- Michigan and Wisconsin. I think, are the other four out of the top five. So PA, this isn't in order, but PA, Ohio, New York, Michigan, Wisconsin, I believe are top five.
0: Yeah, that's really A lot of
1: hunters, yeah, a lot of hunters, a lot of hunters.
0: So do you you think that anything that you teach as far as shoulder health, stability, all those things, contradicts what maybe a pro would say, well, this has worked for me, Um, I like to do it this way, I'm not worried about all these things. Have you ever, like had someone come in and you're like, that's not actually like very good for you, this and that. And they're like, well, this is how I shoot. And I'm really accurate in this way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but there is, there is a large disconnect in, in a lot of sports, but archery too. But there's a, there's a large disconnect between what is most beneficial. Anatomically, like what works best for your body and what is taught as the best or the proper technique. Um I, I I say it often that the the high draw style where where the elbow, we'll say the elbow starts to go above like eye level, um is really, 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 really not conducive to the to the anatomy of the shoulder. Um, I've had I've had a number of archers who they're really having issues with their shoulder and they're, they're drawing in that higher elbow position and I'll take them down to like a flatter elbow or even like a lower elbow and it's completely changes the way the shoulder functions. Um, so yes, there, there, there's a big disconnect between archers have a lot of times either found something that works for them. They've done something that's, they've done something a certain way for a long time and it's all they know um but regardless there's there's a big um there's a big resistance to think about alternatives or consider things that are a little bit uncommon or or unorthodox just because no one has really talked about it um, up until now i mean up to, to my knowledge um i really don't see or i haven't seen a whole lot that talks about hey, as far as like from a from a human body perspective, like what's what's best for this sport. Um, so yeah, there's there's been a little bit of pushback, but my goal is to not try to. I I really try to um, be unbiased. I don't promote hey, I do it this way, so you should do it this way. I do not do that. I promote let's let's look at the shoulder let's look at the human body let's look at the way that it typically functions best let's look at works what works for you let's consider making sure that your body can handle the way that you're shooting regardless of the way that you're shooting so there needs to be more than hey this is right because that's just how we do it that's just how it's always been done it, it this is what everybody does um there, there's more to it and I, so I, I really think in all of everything I post, I really one of the most important things to me is I really try to make an effort to explain why something is the way it is and provide reasoning behind it. Um, I won't, I certainly won't say name name names, but I watched a video of a guy who um, was making a comment about um, I had been advocating or talking about the reasoning behind drawing a certain way, and he was trying to say something was the other way. And he said that this way, this way he was advocating to draw was better because the rotator cuff likes it. And, you know, that's just, that's just an example of there's no reasoning there. You know what I mean? There's, there's no, there's no effort to explain this. There's no effort to dive into the evidence. So I think it's really important in this sport to look at Again, what the body is supposed to do, what works for an individual, and let's find the best way that's going to work for, for that person based on what they do and in, in their abilities.
0: Yeah, and there has to be a happy medium between longevity and something that's comfortable for you, or else people wouldn't do it and shoot for you know, 20, 30 years right. and competitive archers and stuff like that. But I just think it's really cool that you're promoting that because there's probably there's some people they are going to be able to sustain and i know we got a huge movement coming out with crossbows and stuff like and that's cool like i'm i'm all for people more people hunting but i do find it sad when people are like yeah i have to use a crossbow now yeah i just can't i just can't hold my bow anymore i'm like you can't pull 50 pounds like i just can't like i just yeah. can't do it and it's, it's like a very real thing it's very sad it is because like my dad my dad's one of the strongest people I know. I mean, he could go in and put 350 up right now, but he can't draw his bow. And I'm like, how can you not draw your bow? You know, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I think this is going to help a lot of people in that way.
1: And that's the goal. I say that the, the mission that we have is archery and particularly bow hunting um, has given me so many incredible experiences that I don't want shoulder pain or issues to limit someone's ability to enjoy that and someone's ability to have the same experiences that i have so that's my goal is is to help as many people as i can and make sure that nothing gets in the way and and the truth of the matter is is that shoulder pain and injury is is really at the forefront of reasons that guys either put the bow down they have to go to a crossbow they don't practice as much as they should or as much as they want um so as much as i can put an end to that then that's awesome. I'm happy. Yeah,
0: how much do you would you recommend for someone practicing that you found the sweet spot is between um, not overworking yourself and giving yourself ample rest, but also staying consistent and being able to build you know good um, stability and stuff like that. In regards to working out or shooting, in, or? in regards to shooting only, because I mean. Obviously, about ninety five percent of Americans don't work out like they should, yeah. but, I mean, I feel like it'd be easier to tell someone to shoot their bow consistently than work out consistently. So if they were going to only shoot their bow to to develop themselves, um, how often should they do that
1: yeah that's a that's a, a good question it's It's difficult to give one answer to that. Because in a sense, the more you do something, the more conditioned you become to it and the more normal that that demand comes. So, you know, I use the 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 example and I just like using this because it's a well-known example. But um, if, you know, people know who Cameron Haynes is, he he runs half marathon a day or marathon a day or whatever. He's if he does that consistently, his body builds up a tolerance. So a similar thing can happen with archery. Um, So. I rather see somebody prioritize frequency over, uh, we'll say... Volume? Intermittent volume. Yeah. yeah. So I rather see somebody shoot 10 arrows a day or even five arrows a day than shoot 30 or 60 once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if anything, it's it's the frequency that's important. Now, I I always like to say that I think that regardless of what style of working out you do i think that every archer should be doing something in addition to shooting their bow because just shooting your bow alone can create large imbalances by strengthening some muscles abandoning others and making sure that you're comprehensively stable and solid and strong is really really important so heck, not even talking about our programs that we, we offer just as long as someone's doing something, you know, whether it's push ups and pull-ups or, um, you know, their, they power lifting or to doing something can, can be really beneficial or CrossFit or bodybuilding or whatever it is. So, um, I always like to throw that in there too, because I think that it, you, you, you will be incomplete if you just shoot your bow and you will run into issues at some point. It's, it's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah. I, I remember, having so much shoulder pain back in high school when i played baseball i threw like if i threw like over 100 pitches i was like oh my god yeah but like my coach when my coach threw me on the running thing like it it uh like alleviated so much muscle soreness and like icing and like routine like that like yeah just and like i guess you could take the same um approach with your bow too like your your shoulders aren't gonna improve they're not gonna I'm mean, sure they'll improve by just shooting your bow, but like that kind sure, of holistic, well. the holistic approach right. that you've got to, That's the you know, a lot of it comes down to cardiovascular health. I mean, can you can you have a, a certain heart rate? Can you sustain a certain heart rate or calmness or steadiness? You know, while you're shooting it too, so it it really is a whole pie, and I know that you're you're really taking one piece of it and going really deep in it, and I like I like that you're you know promoting the other parts of it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. And yeah, I, I think that this, that archery needs to be a little more comprehensive and a little more advanced in the way that it treats its athletes in a sense. Um, what I always say is that if you look at any other sport out there now, whether it's baseball, soccer, golf, whatever it is, all sports have sports specific training. Now, if you want to be good at any sense you know a lot of the top athletes are working out and and doing sports specific sports specific training more than they're playing their actual sport Mm -hmm. Um, so my my thought is that i think archery should be the same way and archery should should really be the same way because there is so much muscle and function behind it i always say that muscle muscle and shoulder function runs archery Um, that's the only reason that we can shoot a bow is by being stable in some capacity through our shoulders and, um, having some sort of strength there. This is an extreme example, but you know, if I gave my grandmother a bow, it's, she, it's, uh, she can't shoot it. Not because she doesn't, she wouldn't know how, you know, not that I couldn't teach her, not that, she can't see not that she can't hold things right it's just the fact that she doesn't have the strength to so again that's way on the far end of the spectrum but archery is a game of um of really small margins for error and and the human body is is no different when it comes to being able to handle the the volume of archery and to be able to handle um a lot of different or a lot of shots and a heavy poundage bow so
0: yeah. This, this idea of bow hunting athlete really like intrigues me. Like I know yeah. like that's something that, like Cam Haynes, I don't, I don't know if he's coined the term, but he, he definitely has been a huge advocate. Yeah, yeah. He's the face of it. And like, man, it's so funny. Cause I wrote, I wrote an article on my website one day and it was like, uh, uh, I think it was talking about, do people need to be physically fit to hunt? Man, there were so many people. I know there's an older demographic on Facebook but so, that pissed so many people off, and like yeah. Reddit people, like especially in Reddit where people don't have profile pictures or anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone
0: was in there like, "Oh, you don't know anything. You don't have to be fit." And then and there were some people like, "Dude, you're not gonna kill anything if you can't like if you can't walk 12 miles and hike and all this stuff." It's yeah. it's a cool conversation, and I feel like we're still in a, you know early adoption stages. You see some really hardcore advocates of it, but then yeah. again. Then again, there's some like we still got those old timers that were hunted in like red plaid shirts. And, yeah, like, they're yeah, like, yeah. I don't believe in sick of gear. I don't believe in camo. I don't believe All in right. running to hunt. And it's like it's so funny. I love I love being a part of the conversation, though, and especially podcasting, because no one could comment on a podcast. And so it's only going to make someone mad when they hear me say this. But <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So it, what's it, a,
1: interesting? It is.
0: Yeah, it really is, man. What's, I wanted to ask you, what's the, what's the vision for Archery Strong? Do you want it to, you want it to be something that is your full time gig because you merge in these passions of archery and, uh, you know, uh, physical health and proper form, all these things. Uh, Is that what you want it to be? Do you want it to be a full time gig or you want it to just be something that you work on on the side? Where, Where do you see it going?
1: Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I've, I've done a couple of podcasts. I've never, never been asked that. Um, yeah. you know, the goal, the goal is to, to help and educate as many people as possible about this for the reason of that. I mentioned a few minutes ago that I don't want the limitations of the human body to get in the way of the archery experiences that people can have. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, Man, I wake up every single day. I'm thinking about something archery or bow hunting related. It's just, it's, it's just a passion. It's just, I'm sure you're the same way. Like it's, it's something that just excites you. And, and I think that that's when we're happiest is when we're passionate about something. So I don't want that to be taken away. So I want to help as many people as possible. Um, So, you know, I would, I think I would love it if it it turned into my full-time thing. Um, I think that that would be awesome will it get there? I don't know. You know, I'm not trying to take over the world with this. I'm not trying to get famous with this. That's, you know, like we were talking before the podcast. That's why, you know, I don't post much about myself because it's about me. Um, I don't know. You know, I have some other, other goals in life and, and ways that I, other ways that I want to help people and influence. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, you asked me this question kind of makes me think about like, I guess it doesn't need to be all or nothing. Like I think that I need to be thankful and value. Heck, even if I help, only helped 10 people with this, you know, then mm-hmm. it was worth it. Or maybe it, you know, becomes one of the biggest things in the archery industry. I don't know. You know, then that would be, that would be great too. But, um, you know, I guess it's not all or nothing. So to answer your question, I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens, but that's cool. It, you know, you know, conversations like this are they're, they're awesome. And it's, it's cool connecting with people and just, just uh, getting better, getting better and knowing more um, with other people. So it's, it's yeah.
0: And enabling people to do what they love longer. Like that's, that's the thing. It's like, that's it for me. It's like, you're promoting this message of like, I want to help you not only do what you're doing right and, and better and for longevity, but help you be better at it and do it for longer. And that like, that's it for me. Like I want to, like, I want, you're right. I want to shoot my bow till I'm 60. I don't want to be the guy that has to tote the crossbow. And a lot of that stuff, or like, I still want to hunt elk. A lot of that's going to be on me and doing, like you said, preventative maintenance. And, uh, helping helping it before it actually gets started, like the pain and all those things. So, no, I really love what you're doing, man. If someone wants to keep up with you, keep up with your story, maybe purchase a program, where's the best place for them to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and thank you for the co- uh, compliments. I appreciate it. Um, most of everything that I'm putting out is on Instagram. Uh, Archery.Strong is the handle, so it's archery.Strong. We do have a Facebook, uh, but it's pretty much everything from Instagram, uh, and then our website, where you can find the programs, you can find more out, more about the details of what we do, why we do it, our motivation, all those different types of things, is www.archery-strong.com. So it's archery-strong.com.
0: Cool. Well, man, I really appreciate you jumping on with me, especially so late at night. I know it's like 10, yeah. 14 for you guys.
1: Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Like I said, I enjoy the, the conversation. And, you know, if we can help more people or, or educate more people, then that's awesome.
0: Hey, guys, thank you so much for consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We really appreciate it. And we really do do the podcast for you all. And just to stay in tune with that and what you guys want to hear, Feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram on who you would like to see on the podcast next.